Welcome to The Intern at Work, a podcast written by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today, we have the first part of our annual special episode. Welcome to The Intern at Work, a podcast written by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today, we have the second part of our annual special episode. What do you wish you had uh, known uh, in your first month now that you're going into PGY3? The one thing that I would maybe add is that... um, when I first started my PGY1, I was really overwhelmed with the competence of the seniors around me. And so I, I felt like uh, a lot of the R2s really knew their stuff. Uh, they, you know, had ever like the approach to everything imaginable, like down completely pat. And I remember being like, how am I going to get to that level? Right. Um, but then as I kind of got further along and I started to build some relationships with them, I realized that uh, in a lot of ways, uh, everybody is kind of still going through that same uh, tumultuous period. Uh, I mean, a lot of the seniors, I mean, even if it doesn't seem like it because they really have their, their stuff together on CTU, uh, chances are, you know, they have these moments during the residency that have given them pause and uh, they've had moments of self-doubt. And uh, there's been times where they've re- done some self-reflection after making a mistake and have ironed out some of the the wrinkles that they've found in themselves and, you know, they've become stronger clinicians in the process. So I think kind of knowing that everybody is in the same boat and even if uh, someone, you know, seems like uh, they're really competent, like, you know, they're not capable, capable of any error. uh, It's just important to keep that in perspective. You know, what'll be crazy for you is July 1st, like we all go in there on CTU and we think like we're the only ones that are feeling really overwhelmed. But then you go in as a senior and you're like, oh, like I remember feeling overwhelmed as a junior, but now I feel overwhelmed as a senior. And then it happens as a fellow too. And I'm sure it's going to happen my first day as attending too, where you're like, I know it's not just me that feels like this, but I can't help but feel like this. So it's a, it's a very humbling, I guess, going um, up and up the ladder. I, I know we talked a little bit about uh, the call on internal medicine, which also makes me ask the question, um, hmm, I can't think of, is, is it better to ask the upcoming PGY3s or the 2s this? Um, maybe we'll go with the threes. Any wellness tips that you guys have devised to, to help you get through the the days and the nights on CTU? I would say something that I've learned through it and I'm still working on is to just be a little bit kinder to myself. Um, And I think a lot of people throw around words like wellness and balance and, you know, work-life integration. But for me, I think sometimes there's months that are really bad and sometimes there's months that are really chill and that's same for days and same for weeks. And I think knowing that makes me feel just a lot better. Like there will be weeks when I'm going out for dinner and seeing my friends and seeing my family and exercising and making dinner. And then there's weeks where I'm like, Uber eats, like they know me. Like, so Mm -hmm. I think just being okay with not always having everything together has been my biggest wellness advocate like just saying you know what like you're not exercising right now that's fine or and I don't want to because like, mm-hmm. I'm tired mm-hmm. and and just being kind to myself has been part of my overall wellness approach um like on a macro level and I think mm-hmm. that's been really uh, helpful to get me through the calls and the months and and just being okay with this residency in general Yeah, I would agree. I think that that's been really important is to just, you know, wellness is about you. And if it doesn't work for you, then 
what's, you know, what's the point? I mean, in terms of like more granular and practical things that I, I think may help people to consider, I would say having hobbies that are like fully disconnected from medicine is good. And essentially like being able to create a little sanctuary space for yourself, whether it's a physical space, like whether you're able to make a nice little corner in your apartment with the blankets and the candles and whatever it is for you that's relaxing, or whether that's a a mental space, whether, you know, you might not have the physical space able to make something separate from your work, but you're able to put on some good tunes and pour a good drink and get into your happy zone Like, I think having a way to do that and figuring out what works for you is, has been really important for me. Um, And the other thing I would say is to drop the perfectionist complex. I feel as though a lot of us in internal medicine have this need that we need to be as, as good as we can be and be as perfect as we can be. And, you know, as a senior resident, it's been really hard for me to not like you know, oh, I can stay that extra half an hour and like make my hand over list as perfect as possible, but you're going to get such minimal gains at some point. And it's going to be better for you to just step back, get some sleep, have a nice meal. Like you'll be a more pleasant person to interact with and you'll feel better yourself. And part of this journey has also been like, it's okay that we had a good day because there's no perfect day and you don't have to make this perfect. I think that's a really important message. Are you telling listeners that listening to a medical podcast is not an appropriate hobby for being well? Oh, absolutely not. I listen to several podcasts on my way to and from work. I'm just saying you need one space where you and can listen funny. to whatever makes yeah. you happy. I totally agree. No, no. They need to listen to non-medicine podcasts as well. But also both of them. Both exactly. is good. <laughs> can I add one thing? Mm-hmm. Um, take every vacation day, mm. like every single one and yes. book them in advance so that you're not booking them last minute. And then really helps when you see your year ahead, you have these kind of signposts of like, Ooh, I'm going to get through those three months and then mm-hmm. I'm going away or I'm, you know, just sleeping for a week. Uh, and I think it just helps get excited about next steps and, and the rest of the year. And don't, don't forget to book them. <laughs> Super important. I'm being reminded to book my vacation days <laughs> for next year. That's a very good reminder. And also definitely resonated a lot with Orly's like, be kinder to yourself. It's something I've uh, been trying to do as well. Uh, sometimes maybe a bit too kind, but you know, that's okay. If that's totally okay. what I felt like I need, <laughs> um, then, then I will, uh, sleep a lot more post-call and just wake up and watch Netflix instead of doing some work. Um, sometimes we do have a lot of things, uh, you know, that we, we do outside of work. Like you feel like you have to work on your research or other things like that you're involved in. Um, and there's always more to do. And if, if there's yeah. probably always more opportunities out there that people are asking you to join, than you maybe have time for, um, it's something I've been learning to, to, to say no, um, and to really sit down and think like, do I, can I contribute to this meaningfully? Do I want to do this? And then say yes or no um, to the opportunities that come. Um, and then also for those extra tasks that you have to do outside of work, like prioritize what you have to do. Um, but it's okay if you don't get things done immediately or mm-hmm. all, all the time, um, just, you know, plan things out accordingly and, and take like little steps at a time to get these things done. 
that would be the one thing. Yeah, that's great. I think for, you know, taking on extra tasks, it takes a while to figure this out, but it's really about like what, what aligns with your professional goals. And if it doesn't align, then what brings you joy? And if the answer is really no to either of those things, then you, I would say like really think hard about, you know, whether or not you want to say yes to that. Yeah, I think uh, I would pretty much echo what Claire was saying about the importance of having hobbies uh, outside of medicine and just being able to take a step back from medicine sometimes and remind yourself that, uh, you know, there are other aspects to your identity that you need to embrace and cultivate. I mean, you know, I make it a point uh, to always play the guitar for five minutes, at least every day. And sometimes five minutes turns into hours. But yeah, even after, you know, during a, like, you know, a really rough week of call, uh, I'll still take the time to do that because, you know, you need to remind yourself that, you know, there's something else um, that, you know, other things that give you joy. And also just having people in your life that you can lean in on. Uh, I mean, uh, there's my partner, she's, uh, she's actually a nurse, but I tell her that, uh, you know, sometimes like she's, she can't talk about anything hospital, mm-hmm. uh, just to, you know, give ourselves that breathing room. And I think that that has made a huge difference. So if you had the power to make everyone, you know, allied health, consulting services, neurosurgery, anyone consulting, patients, the general public, know just one single thing about internal medicine, what would that be? Orly has a very sinister smile on her face. So let's start No, with no, her. I was I was just thinking it's a bit different, the general public versus nurses and consulting. It is. We can have different answers. To <laughs> yeah, they're different answers. Like, yeah. <laughs> to the general public, I would say, this is just a joke thing, but somebody different will come see you every day. It's not going to be the same doctor. I find the general public doesn't mm-hmm. realize that. Mm-hmm. It's a team. That's a, Let's phrase it like that. It's a team-based Um, care in the hospital. So we all work together and you might see a different doctor every day. Some of them will be younger. Some of them will be older. Some will be men, some will be women, but we're all taking care of you. Uh, And we talk about you um, as a team during the day. So it's not just like, you know, someone random every day, but I think that perception is sometimes not fully understood. Yeah, that's excellent. Shannon, I see you nodding your head. No, this is a tough question. Um, that I had to kind of think through, I guess going on the kind of allied health um, and maybe consulting services too. And this is perhaps more of a personal preference. I'm not sure if everyone would necessarily agree, but personally, I actually really enjoy it when allied health consulting services seek out the MRP team. And sometimes I would seek them out to kind of talk about a patient face-to-face rather than, you know, deciphering through mountains of their notes and our notes and, you know, communication gets lost. I, I actually, a lot of times do prefer just talking to them on the phone, kind of figuring things out or face-to-face. Um, I feel like that's a lot of times better for patient care. We find out information we may have missed um, and then kind of come up with a plan together as, as a team who are all working on um, getting this patient better. Um, obviously, I can see how if everyone did that all the time, you know, that's, that, that, that might not work. And that's what notes are for. But anyways, I, I do think I do like face-to-face um, communication. So please come seek me out if, <laughs> if you are consulting all my patients. <laughs> So let it be known in this digital age, intra-COVID, Shannon likes face-to-face. No, I totally agree. 
Um, Claire, any uh, any other thoughts about what you'd like um, others around you to know? I think what I would say, particularly to the general public, is that, you know, we're not house, hearkening back to Nafisa's point, we're not, you know, people who have all the answers immediately, but we try our best and we will do our best to solve the problems that we can for you. And, you know, at that point, I think that that's what a lot of people need. People don't need one single doctor, a team of doctors to swoop in and solve all of their problems because that's just not possible, but we're doing our best and we've got lots of people to help you. And that's how this is going to go. Yes. And also unlike how's we aren't, uh, breaking into people's houses sort of sifting through their garbage to find their medical to get diagnosis yeah, we, ha- we have integrity <laughs> yeah i think i would more or less say the same thing i mean the, with what we deal with in internal medicine there's kind of a sheer enormity to it that uh, there's no way that we could have all the answers and you know any medical problem under the sun could at some point make its way to an internal medicine ward and you know we'd have to you know, figure out an approach to it. And, you know, that's why we often have to lean into others for support. And that's often why, you know, sometimes we don't always get uh, the ball rolling as fast as people would like. But um, like Claire was saying, you know, we're always trying our best. And, you know, we have, uh, we have a team of people that uh, are always going to do their best to, you know, work uh, you know, you know, br- bring about answers for the patients and uh, bring about the, the best care possible. So you guys have, you know, reflected and looked back, uh, but now, you know, as we close out um, part two of the podcast, looking forward, I guess, what are, what are you excited about in your transition upcoming? Um, and what, uh, you can say this if you feel comfortable, what are you nervous about? I feel like I can speak for me and Claire about what we're nervous about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Royal College, but. Uh... Oh, Yes. <laughs> Um, for our non-Canadian listeners, I'm going to expand a bit more on that. Uh, our, uh, our Canadian board exams, uh, are, we take them in our, our three year. So mm-hmm. that's coming up for us. So that's what I'm nervous about, but also in a positive light, um, kind of excited too, because I feel like it will help consolidate some things and realize how much I still don't know, realize why I did certain things just based on no evidence in PGY1, just because someone told me to, um, and, and really like tie things together. Um, and I'm also excited for PGY3 to take what I learned in PGY2 as a senior and be a lot more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just teach the same things again, but now with the added finesse of having done another clinical year and have already taught them and seen what works, what doesn't work. Um, and also to like get decided and uh, like explore my specialty um, of choice, uh, which is really nice when you have finished already two years of training to start to see what what's my life going to be like mm-hmm. and what's my job going to be. Because um, now I feel like we move more into the career uh, yeah. and moving away from training, which is cool, yeah. even though we're still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like, okay, now I'm actually going to be like in a job. <laughs> yeah. The finish line is getting closer for you guys. And it is a very, it's a very uh, uh, stressful, but exciting time going into PGI3. Uh, I definitely agree that just sort of the, the enormity of all the things that comes with R3 is something that I'm, I am worried about. Like, yeah, Royal College for sure. It's a, it's a, absolutely an insane amount of work. 
Um, I would say that more than the whole match process, which again, for our international listeners is, is where we sort of choose any subspecialty. And that happens in sort of the, the fall term of this upcoming year is something that you have to think about and try not to be overly scared about. I think things that I am really looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, you know, a slightly different year. I'm looking forward to developing the things that bring me joy about medicine. I think one of the things that I've really learned this year um, outside of, you know, all of the clinical things that we do is what kinds of things I really like about this job. And, you know, then I'm, it's great because I'm able to put more focus into these things that I, that, that really like fill my battery and bring me joy and like learn about, you know, patient communication and talking to people. And I think that that's something that I'm excited to you know, pursue further and and just spend time doing and, you know, communicate with patients and people and do some education stuff and, you know, just tailor my practice to to how I might want it to be. Really exciting time. Uh, And Shannon, going into PGY2, um, what are you excited about? What are you worried about? Oh, I think it's it's uh, not hard to, to answer the question, what am I worried about? Um, um, everything from um, being the, the medicine team SMR to uh, we do night floating at McMaster, which is where uh, you are on uh, overnight as kind of the senior person in-house taking all the consults from the emergency department, um, running codes and everything in between. Um, so definitely, I think that's very scary. Um, and I think everyone has been reminding our cohort for the last like two months, oh, you're almost in SMR, you're almost in SMR five times a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, really drilling that in. Um, and I, But I think, I, I mean, part of that is certainly exciting as well. I think just, uh, I, I don't know, you know, what kind of a, a team leader am I going to be? What kind of a teacher I'm going to be? I, don't, I haven't met that that me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually kind of interested in finding out how, how will I find running a team? How will I develop kind of my own style? Um, and I kind of am just going to take that one step at a time. Um, oh, the other thing I'm excited about is electives um, and, and actually going to some other schools uh, because I haven't done that since COVID hit. <laughs> right. So I'm um, excited to see how other programs work, how other hospitals work. Yeah, I'm excited for you as an SMR uh, at 10 a.m. or 10 a.m. after that night float shift to just have that high and be like, I did this. Like, that was me. I did this thing that I never thought I could do. I am looking forward to that. (laughs) So I am obviously nervous about a lot of the same things. I mean, SMR call is uh, no easy feat. uh, And I think uh, especially doing that for the first time is going to be a lot. Um, I'm nervous about the increased responsibility, but I'm also kind of excited for it uh, just because, you know, to have that opportunity to actually, um, you know, do the things that made me gravitate towards internal medicine in the first place, which is actually thinking through the medicine and coming up with plans and seeing to it that those plans get executed is a lot of the work that uh, comes with being a senior and it becomes less so about things like, you know, putting in admission orders and, uh, and dictating notes. Uh, so I think that that's probably what I am excited about. And I'm also excited to see the kind of impact that I could, that I could have on uh, the more junior members of the team, because I remember that was a huge thing for me, uh, not just as an R1, but also as a medical student, um, 
in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, working with uh, some of the seniors that were really invested in me and uh, really pushed me towards internal medicine. And to know that I could do the same, um, I think is uh, going to be a very exciting opportunity. Well, thank you, everyone. I I was a little worried going into this podcast, you know, Claire's post call and you guys are just hitting the end of your PGY1s and PGY2 years and it can be a, a, a stressful and challenging time, but I, I actually feel very inspired. I feel like my tank is filled just listening to you guys and all your thoughts and reflections on internal medicine um, and your thoughts about the future. And, and I hope our listeners feel like that as well. Any final thoughts? Nothing beyond this has been a great time and a real pleasurable hour to spend in conversation with you all. So thank you for that. So uh, we'll close off the episode with Shannon, Orly, Nafis, Claire. Thank you for your reflections back on internal medicine. And I'm excited for for your futures. And we'll see where, where these transitions take us this year. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Sarah. Yes, thank you. Thank you. The internet work was created by Allison Lai and co-developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karnopoulos. This episode was produced and recorded by Zara Morali. Music production by Laxman's of Anthem Mohan. If you liked this episode, please check out our infographics at theinternetwork.com and like and subscribe to us. We also have a series called The Internet Work Base Camp if you go to our website for new incoming interns to learn internal medicine while on the go on the wards. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.